0: Do you think doing this podcast is kind of like commentary
1: you know I, I like to pretend that i'm a commentator when i do this uh because like we've said before i'm i'm a big guy into like broadcasting like i love radio um i just love the the art form of communicating by voice and uh that's what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about wrestling commentators our favorites from uh throughout our history as fans
0: and looking at the list, there is a good, good Ranger. Would you agree?
1: Oh, a very good list. I mean, we've got old school, we've got current, you know, we, we've we've covered all bases here, so it, it's going to be a good discussion,
0: of course. But as always, enter, you know, the rules now roll the intro. <laughs> it is of course episode 119 of the magical wrestling i am of course one half of the host liam Wakelin,
1: and i am the american half of the equation you know me as the effing expert i'm mr isaacs
0: of course mr isaacs of course she wasn't obviously with us last week obviously you were a busy guy um anything exciting last week <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, not really, man. I'm just I'm gearing up for the Thanksgiving holiday. We we celebrate Thanksgiving here in the U.S., uh, which will be next week. So I've been kind of uh, doing a lot of extra work, trying to get prepared for that. And uh, so it's been a busy week, but it's been a good week. Now, do you guys over in the U.K. do you have anything kind of similar to Thanksgiving?
0: Uh, at the minute, no idea.
1: <laughs> not really. Okay, well. You know, for, for those of you that are overseas that might not be familiar with uh, the American Thanksgiving holiday, it's a, it's a celebration of when the pilgrims from the jolly old UK came over to Jamestown and decided to uh, uh, have a, a, a get together with the Native Americans. So they, they, the legend says that they sat and they, they broke bread together and ate food and, and uh, just gave thanks of humanity and peace. So that's what the american holiday of thanksgiving is
0: so we're three minutes in and we're already educating people is that what you're saying
1: dude i can't help it i'm a natural educator by heart (laughs) that's what i am i'm a historian um that's why i like to talk about these classic wrestling uh personalities and angles and, and such because i'm a historian at heart
0: of course of course and yeah we're looking today at top wrestling commentators now the original plan with this was obviously talking about the modern day crop but of course with all our our community that kind of pitched in saying well why don't you talk about a ranger so i thought why not i mean and i think you like the idea when i mentioned it to you
1: yeah so i mean basically the idea is here is we just uh came up with a big list of uh commentators both play-by-play and color that we liked and i guess before we get into this we should probably make sure everybody's on the same page with the different types of commentary Uh because there's two different types of commentator in in any sport whether it's wrestling or whatever you're watching football basketball anything next martial arts there's a play-by-play and then there's color commentary So play-by-play is the guy who literally tells you the action that's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, right hook, you know, shoot for a takedown, headlock takeover, Hurricane Rana. That's the play-by-play. The color commentator is the one who says, well, you know, when you lock on the headlock, you got to make sure that you... You get snugly underneath the uh, the chin, so you get a proper lock and you get the choke going. That's the color commentator, the guy who breaks down the technicalities of what's happening. So just throwing that distinction out there, because we're going to kind of have a list that encompasses uh, both different styles.
0: Of course. But before all that, we've got to get obviously some things out of the way. Part one of the show, we always call it
1: The Magic Weekly.
0: And, of course, the Magical Weekly is brought to you by FTW Wrestling. Mr. Isaac, tell everybody a little bit about it, and then we'll hit the intro.
1: Brian Idle and Natalia Markova, two NWA wrestlers, uh, have a school in Florida that's partnered with us here at FN Wrestling. And uh, you can pay $250 a month, train under these two individuals, learn the art and craft of professional wrestling. And uh, we got a video package here that will kind of... uh, kind of show you a little more about it determination perseverance these are the qualities that make a champion
0: do you have what it takes to be the next wrestling superstar are you ready to turn your dreams into a reality at fight the world wrestling's world wrestling academy we can help you become the champion you were meant to be Our world travel trainers Brian Idol and Natalia Markova are well-known industry professionals with years of experience in the world of wrestling. From the basics to advanced techniques, they are dedicated to help give you the tools that you need to succeed in the ring. Our training program is tailored to challenge you, push you to your limits, and help you discover your full potential. Come join our diverse group of talent. Join us at Fight the World Wrestling's World Wrestling Academy and make your dream a reality. Visit our website or contact us to learn more and start your journey to the top today. Today.
1: Today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Do it today, damn it.
0: There you go. Now, this is actually kind of interesting because we saw obviously the NWA logo in there and it kind of like leads into my obviously first story, which is nwa to make cuts to promotion sorry to talent and production this is obviously caused a lot of i want to say d- debate between obviously myself aaron i'm sure you've had a little bit of debate with it as well so overall thoughts
1: <laughs> yeah so i i guess this was uh, reported by nick Hosman of right. uh, house of wrestling um of which i've i've heard it disputed I, I saw that brian idol himself commented on uh, a Post in our community on our Facebook page, uh, all F and Wrestling on uh, Facebook. If you want to check it out, um, basically denying what what Hosman is saying here. Hosman has been has had several reports here over the past week about the NWA about how uh, budget cuts are coming and they're going to have to start paying for their own hotels and just yada yada yada. But um, the people actually in NWA are are saying this isn't true. So I think this is just kind of the classic dichotomy of wrestling journalism because <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean it seems like every time there's a big story that comes out unless it's like sean ross sap it's like it's almost like it's all bullshit. i'm almost thinking sean ross saps the only <laughs> legitimate journalist here anymore <laughs>
0: yeah the thing is I mean, you're kind of on point there is the reason obviously i brought this obviously to the table is i read so much about it but i feel like because there's so many people you could say debunking it obviously brian l you mentioned there people in the NWA, it's like debunking it. Is this just one of those things where it's just like a story just seems to have got higher and higher and now everybody's just like, oh, OK.
1: Yeah. And I almost just wonder if, you know, you never know who the sources are that a journalist talks to. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm not a journalism expert by any stretch of the imagination, but my understanding is that journalistic ethics dictate that you should have two sources before you report on something. Um, so if that's true, then whoever this individual is would have had to have contacted two different people and gotten the same story before they could print it ethically. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe Hosman talked to a couple people that were bullshitting him. <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they were working him. Maybe he talked to a couple people that had an ax to grind. Um, for some reason, I mean, I'm just speculating here, I don't know for sure, but I do think there is a prevalent problem in wrestling journalism, um, of authenticity. I mean, just point blank. I mean, it, it, it's getting to the point to where, um, I would say less than half of all major stories that are out there aren't true. Um, it, it's just, it's fascinating. We, we don't see this as much in other forms of journalism and i think it's just the fact that there's such a carny nature to pro wrestling that it, it there's not real journalism on professional wrestling am i making myself clear here or by making sense yeah absolutely what are your thoughts
0: i mean you kind of on point i mean you hear so many stories obviously online and i feel like social media does play a big part and obviously all this is like as soon as one story like just takes off it just goes higher and higher and higher and higher until and i guess it's just it winds you up from a fan's point of view because sometimes you don't know what to obviously believe do you know what i mean i mean especially with somebody like nwa who's still trying to find their identity for me personally
1: yeah i mean nwa is at a obviously they're at a turning point here um where it's either time to like take it to the next level or who knows what's going to happen moving forward so what i'm hoping is that professional wrestling is a lot more vibrant when there's a lot of promotions out there to work. Um mm-hmm. it, it's great for the business. It's great that we have NWA. It's great that we have Impact. It's great that we have MLW. So as fans, we have to root for all of them to succeed. Like absolutely. Um I, I think you can't really be a fan if you're rooting for failure of any promotion. <laughs> um, that is, yeah, we, a fair we, we we've got to Get behind pro wrestling here. So I hope that there aren't problems going on, but they're definitely in a transitional phase and and any type of business that goes through a transitional phase. There's people that feel positively about it. There's people that feel negatively about it. Maybe Nick Hosman just talked to the two people that felt negatively about it for whatever reason.
0: I guess we shall definitely see what the next of the couple of months bring so we'll obviously move along we obviously aw full gear is i believe it's tomorrow night and there's supposedly a top star signing with the company there's one name obviously which stacks high above the the rest of it. i'm pretty sure you know i'm referring to here
1: you're talking about osprey right correct are, are you sure you're not talking about uh santino morello no <laughs> we've got joe graham in here today good evening um mamaka says that i'm fine looking thank you very much i always show those comments Uh, (laughs) um noob everyone who saw ftw wrestling versus nwa last night, i hope everyone had a great time as nwa will have it as part of the nwa territory system yeah that's cool too i'm i'm kind of excited to see what this territory system brings um who's your favorite commentator we're going to get to that and noob how's it going man all right (laughs) sorry about that go ahead and proceed
0: so yeah uh i think it's going to be osprey there's only that's the only name which sticks out for me but is there anybody else really
1: see my understanding and i could be totally wrong about this um because with aew's relationship with new japan maybe they could come up with some special agreement but i thought that he was under a new japan deal until at least the start of 2024. um now i have seen Some reports in the past couple days that it's probably going to be Osprey. Um, But before those reports came out, my thinking was that it was probably going to be Mercedes Monet. I thought that he was probably going to sign Mercedes Monet and use that kind of as the counterbalance to WWE taking Jake Cargill from him.
0: I mean, to be fair, that's that. It's funny you say that because that's one name. What did it even cross my mind? I will be honest.
1: Yeah. And my. If you watched, uh, for anybody out that watched Dynamite After Dark, which I hosted this week, um, I made the prediction of Mercedes-Monet. But since then, over the past couple days, it's been reported that, um, you know, Osprey is probably going to be the guy. And I see Joe Graham says uh, New Japan gave him permission to speak to others. So now I'm changing. Like, because of the reports of the past couple days, I now think it's going to be Osprey.
0: Yeah, I think... I'm, I've said it from obviously the beginning because it's name I stuck out. I wouldn't be surprised. Obviously it is money as well, because I feel like she could bring so much to that women's division. As you know, we've been doing this podcast. We've been very critical, obviously of the division, but yeah, I mean, let's see obviously, what happens at full gear. Um, we'll obviously move obviously to ring of honor and ronda made a surprise appearance i didn't see this coming
1: <laughs> i didn't see it either i figured if ronda showed up it was going to be on aew proper not in ring of honor but <laughs> hey i mean whatever i mean her her one of her best friends probably her best friend is marina shafir mm-hmm. who of course um to my understanding has been working in ring of honor and uh, they, they've been kind of building this thing where I guess Ronda and Athena now are possibly going to feud uh, because they worked a couple independent shows out in the L.A. area. So I don't know. I'm, I'm really surprised to see Ronda in Ring of Honor. But at the same time, you know, maybe this is part of Tony's plan to get Ring of Honor more interest, you know, put a marquee name in Ring of Honor. That'll pique curiosity. I'm curious to see how Ronda Rousey would work in Ring of Honor. I mean, I I wasn't too impressed with how she ended her WWE run, but I'd be curious to see it. Would if, if, just for the spectacle itself? Would you be curious to see that?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, she's still obviously a big name. She's, I, I her in ring styles for me is kind of Sometimes good, sometimes great. But I feel like it definitely get me interested. Do you know me to see obviously what she does?
1: I, I felt like her early WWE run was really good. But then when she left and she came back, I thought she absolutely sucked. Like, I don't know what it was. It's like she just kind of lost it. I don't know. I mean, she was always a terrible promo, period. Like, she's not a talker. I mean, they should have put her with like Heyman or somebody when they first brought her in. But like, she's not a good talker, but at least she looked good in the ring. Like, she was snug. Her, I mean, obviously, she's a legitimate fighter. So like, when she hit a judo throw, it was a real throw. So it didn't look phony or anything um but yeah i just when she left and came back she was just so underwhelming and she was on the tag team and just uh that last match with Shayna Baszler was just god awful i'm sorry it was
0: absolutely and the t- surprising thing was i saw obviously she showed up at pro wrestling Revol- pro wrestling revolver which is obviously callahan's promotion and i'm like oh okay so let's see where this goes and then the story came out with ring of honor so maybe this is good for her anyway not under like the wwe shackle as we call it
1: yeah and and i think she's just kind of i mean i don't know if she's going to sign with aew or what i always figured the independent shows were just kind of her having fun because i know i said this prior but before she joined wwe um Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke like kind of got her into wrestling and Shayna Baszler they all kind of got her into it, and they used to go to PWG shows out in California so like if you watch some of those early PWG well I say early but probably like early 2010s PWGs um, <laughs> there were a couple of them where Ronda Rousey was in the audience <laughs> so there's like you know it was like 200 people and one of them was ronda rousey sitting in the furrow and this is when she was still in the ufc so she's been a fan of independent wrestling for a long time and i kind of figured she was just dabbling in that just for the hell of it but uh who knows maybe she's signing with aew now
0: let's see let's see yeah uh, got a little short one here before we know up with something a big one chris jericho obviously got a nice little pyro burn for on this wednesday we see this a lot but I wonder a bit obviously it got burned with this, but not much you can say about this, really. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> I, I did not know about this. Like this is the first I'm actually hearing of it. What? How did it get burned? Was there like a pyro spot or something? Like what? So
0: apparently, what apparently one of this? the uh, from his pyro, one of the little like things kind of like caught his basically his skin. is obviously got a nice little burn on it. It's okay.
1: So it happened during his introduction, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Something similar, like, that's happened to The Undertaker a couple times, too. <laughs> it's oh, just, yeah. Pyro's dangerous, man. It, it's dangerous to have. I mean, I know it's a cool aesthetic, but, you know, people can really get hurt with that.
0: Yeah, The, the Undertaker one, that's the Hell in a Cell one, where he had to, like, literally throw water on himself as he's in the chamber, if I remember rightly.
1: Yeah. Like, his, his jacket, like, like got caught in the uh, the pyro, and, like, apparently his skin was, like, bubbling Underneath his singlet, <laughs> yeah. So that that was pretty bad. Um, and then there was another time too where uh, you know he used to do the deal where he would bring the lights up with his hands. Mm-hmm. But like Kane had the four corners pyro, and like the one in front of him um, went off instead of during Kane's intro, it went off during that moment. So like fire literally shot up in his face.
0: <laughs> it is. It's pyro is very very dangerous. My kids. Don't do pyro.
1: No. <laughs> Don't set off fireworks in your house, damn it! Like, you're going to call somebody to get killed.
0: One last story, obviously, to end on. And I saw this one, and I thought, okay, let's see what you thought about this. Now, Okada apparently has been scouted by WWE, and this is to do with Shinsuke, but I've got to be honest, I cannot see Okada in WWE at all for me, personally.
1: I mean... This is basically what Nakamura did, right? Like Nakamura wrestled until he was like in his late 30s, uh, was the IWGP heavyweight champion, was on top of the world in New Japan, and wanted to challenge himself and wanted to spend some time in America, and he left and came to the WWE. So I think they're basically kind of looking at that model uh, for possibly the same thing for Okada. Let's face it, Okada's done everything there is to possibly do in New Japan. I mean, he's been IWGP champion like a million times. <laughs> he's put on a, an endless amount of great five-star matches. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I I could see it going both ways. I could see him coming over to WWE and maybe Triple H treating him like an actual star mm-hmm. and it being great. I mean, I, let's be honest. I'd love to see him have some matches with uh, Seth Rollins. I think Okada and Seth Rollins would be absolutely amazing. I think they could do some great work together. But would they do that? Or would they bring him over and just do the same old song and dance of, you know, make him kind of the stereotypical foreign guy and uh, not have him do much? Nakamura's history in WWE, I feel like, has been kind of a tale of two cities. Like, he did a lot of great work, especially in his NXT run. And I like what they've been having him do lately, but then there's that spot in the middle where he was Mr. Comedy Shtick. And that's just terrible. I hate to see a strong style, legit badass wrestler saddled with bad, stupid gimmicks like that. What well, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, I think the thing is it's it's for, for Okada as a performer, it's a risk because we've seen it obviously with Nakamura, but obviously it is Okada better than Nakamura that obviously is a different debate overall. I don't know i just feel like if he goes there i feel like it'd be essentially all nakamura all over again he will do so well so far then he will get thrown down the car i'll just get lost in the shuffle for me
1: yeah and that's what i mean by kind of like a tale of two cities when it comes to nakamura nakamura won the royal rumble let's not forget that <laughs> like he's had some big moments um but he's had some bad moments too and um you know, if if they booked him like NXT, Nakamura, and Royal Rumble Nakamura, I'd be for it. I'd like to see him come work some American matches. I'd like to see him work with Seth Rollins. I think they'd do some great work together. Uh, have, put him in the ring against somebody like Sami Zayn, Jay Uso. I think he could have some great matches in WWE. I really do. And I think that he's kind of done everything he could do in New Japan. Um I wouldn't be totally opposed to it, but I just I hope that if this happens, they use him the right way. And I'm very concerned that they wouldn't.
0: Yeah, me too. I fully agree. So I'm just going to, obviously, a follow-up question as you were talking. With, obviously, possibly Will Ospreay going to AEW, Akada going to WWE, where does this leave New Japan? Because the, the talent seems to be slowly going to, obviously, with promotions.
1: I mean, this happens every few years in New Japan. And it's just the fact that New Japan just doesn't have... Like, they don't have the money that, like, Rick... uh, (laughs) I'm looking at the screen right now. Rick Flair's on. I almost said Rick Flair. Rick Flair probably doesn't have more money than New Japan, especially after his a million divorces. But uh, AEW and WWE uh, just have a lot more money than New Japan does. I mean, they just do. So we see this every few years. Every few years, it's like the top guys of New Japan will disperse and go to America. You know, we saw it with Nakamura and AJ Styles. You know, they headlined to Wrestle Kingdom one year. Great match. Uh, they're both in WWE now. Um, Kenny Omega, you know, with Okada, had some of the greatest matches ever. And Kenny Omega left New Japan, with the AEW. I mean, this is just something we see every few years. The top talents will eventually leave New Japan and try their hand at America.
0: Right, okay. That kind of answers my a little question. And obviously that wraps up the Magic Weekly. So we've got that out of the way you ready for the main event? Let's do it. Main event time.
1: The main event.
0: <laughs> Got to get that quarter there, pal.
1: <laughs> at this uh, point, we I think we need to empty the machine out because at this point, there's probably about 150 coins in there.
0: Maybe it's a savings account. You never know.
1: Could be. Like, what if there was just like a gigantic piggy bank that was like underneath that machine and the machine like funneled to the piggy bank? So there's just like this gigantic, like the world's largest piggy bank underground where all these tokens go.
0: That would be really, really fun, but <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> get the interns to do it, shall we?
1: Yes, let's get the intern. The F and wrestling interns need to go down there and empty out the magical wrestling piggy bank
0: there you go there you go and of course the main event is brought to you by the kill city cup now the best way i can probably describe the kill city cup is mortal kombat meets wrestling and there's some great obviously people in it i'm just going to play the video because i think that's a little more welcome to the kill city cup i saw your little thing at the bottom there going like oh my god i'm gonna lose it
1: don't uh, even have to say words man like i don't even have to put it into words at this point
0: so for people want to watch the kill city cup you can edit by and numerous reasons or numerous ways should i say is one it's in the description of this video two it's a youtube to kill city cup or go check their website out, kill city cup it's an hour of your time and trust me you will not be disappointed <laughs> right then Main event time. And I will hand you over to the expert.
1: All right. So as we kind of discussed at the, uh, the top of the hour here, the, um, the theme today is broadcasters, commentators, and professional wrestling. And I kind of laid out earlier, the difference between play by play and color commentary. So what we did was we both just kind of came up with a list of like our favorites from over the years. And uh, we're just going to pull them up in no particular order, and we'll discuss them and our thoughts on them and their relevance and uh, what we liked about what they did. And uh, we'll go ahead and start here with arguably, I'll just be honest here in full disclosure, this is my absolute number one pick. So somebody asked me in the chat who my favorite commentator of all time is. It's this guy right here. Good old Jim Ross, JR. Now, Liam, what are your thoughts on good old jr i
0: mean the fact that jim ross is on this list was really remarkable because this is my when i first started wrestling the first two companies i always remember listening to was jim ross and JR. do you know I mean? jerry Lawler? sorry and yeah for me absolute one of the best and i feel like what makes jim ross better is when he you put him with somebody like a jerry Lawler or something like that you can obviously you know feed off him but for me This is my childhood, basically, in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, Jim Ross is the absolute goat of wrestling commentary, in my opinion. Greatest of all time, without a doubt. Um, He's got the boomy broadcaster voice that I love in play-by-play commentary. Um, He's got the technical acumen of explaining what's going on in the ring. And he's damn good at telling a story. I mean, how many times during, like the um the the reign of terror of triple h did he look into this camera and scream and call triple h a son of a bitch <laughs> and like like he's just so good at like putting over the story uh and got so passionate about running down the hills and how could they do that to Austin you son of a bitch you know and and you know talking about Vince McMahon and you know calling him the devil and I mean jim ross is just the absolute greatest commentator of all time and i'm not sure anybody is ever going to be able to tell a story in the ring like him
0: you mentioned obviously the Triple H story there and i remember watching one obviously a couple of weeks back do you remember the one where he like literally looked at the camera and literally called eric Bischoff out
1: oh yeah yeah i mean there's several <laughs> There's several instances where like he looks in the camera and points and you son of a bitch, you blah, 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 blah. you know I mean? It was just like, it was awesome because like he's the guy leading the narrative of the storyline and like he's invoking emotion out of the audience by telling them this guy's a scumbag. He's a son of a bitch and you should hate him because I hate him. Like it's just brilliant, brilliant stuff.
0: Yeah, I think when you're talking about wrestling minds, this guy has got to be really up there. He's been obviously around so many years because I always remember obviously from the WWE days, but where was he obviously before that? Because I'm not familiar with his work before.
1: He was an NWA and WCW guy.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of uh, NWA events back in the 80s and then in the early 1990s, he was the the lead play-by-play man for uh, WCW. And in fact, um, I believe he even tried to get the job that Eric Bischoff ended up getting of uh, president of WCW. So it, 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 there there was a point in time where Jim Ross might have led WCW. But uh, now he was the lead play-by-play guy for WCW until he uh, uh, infamously joined WWE and put on a toga at WrestleMania for his first appearance.
0: Interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. First on the list we're talking about is Jim Ross.
1: Yeah, and moving on here, um this next person that I'm going to show is the person that Jim Ross personally says is the greatest of all time, and the guy that uh, influenced him to be a commentator. And this one might be a little before your time, Liam, because quite frankly, it's before my time too. But <laughs> yeah, Gordon Soley. Now, Liam, what what familiarity, if any, do you have with Gordon Solie?
0: uh the only thing i've got about this is obviously i was speaking to our good friend stevie aaron and is this is his number one commentator
1: yeah so so gordon solely um was the old school play by play nwa guy throughout like the 70s and through most of the 80s um he just had that i know jim Cornette called him the walter cronkite of pro wrestling commentary which if if feel for international folks that don't know walter cronkite was a famous news anchor here in the united states for decades um people kind of viewed gordon solely as that for professional wrestling he he had the real professional um rich broadcaster tone to his voice kind of like jim ross um and he was just the professional guy like he had such technical ways of putting things and like, could the way that he called the action in the ring was like a legitimate sportscaster. You know, like, I mean, like if you watched a guy call a boxing match, um, Gordon solely called it like that. (laughs) So, I mean, there wasn't any like entertainment pizzazz to it. It was just like straight sports commentary talking about the moves a chop to the solar plexus came up with all these terminologies for for parts of the body that made it sound more technical <laughs> like i just i really enjoyed the way that he called matches and I mean it was a little before my time so he's not incredibly high up on my list um i i had him at number four in my top five play-by-play but uh you know have you ever heard gordon Soly? have you ever heard a match called by him
0: I have not. And obviously, I will be doing a bit of research, obviously, after this, but because, as always, I've mentioned this many times on the show, I always, always like to learn.
1: Yeah, so here's a good starting point for you, uh, because I pulled it up this morning and watched some of it. The very first Starcade. so if you pull up the WWE Network and go to the very first Starrcade, uh it's actually two play-by-play guys that do it, because it was an NWA super show. So Bob Connell, who was another NWA territory guy, did part of it and then gordon Soley was the other commentator so if you want to hear uh gordon Soli call like the uh, the classic piper uh greg valentine dog collar match um mm-hmm. check out the first stargate on the network
0: there you go that's my research for this week
1: <laughs> that's your homework assignment from the from the expert
0: <laughs> there we go
1: <laughs> now the next one on my list we're getting a little more modern here and um this guy To me, I loved this guy, and uh, anybody who was a fan of ECW probably also feels the same way, and that's Joey Styles. Now, Joey Styles was the play-by-play guy for ECW, and he did it a large part of his career by himself, literally with no color commentary commentary at all, just him. Uh, He got on the mic, completely told the story, called the moves, uh gave reactions to what was going on and he was just so brilliant at that and i always loved his voice his voice was like higher pitched he didn't have the warm dark tone of like of uh gordon Soly or jim ross but he was still very good um and he did good uh kind of parlaying the emotion of what was going on the screen and then of course after he left ecw well after ecw went under he didn't leave it um he was the the main voice on monday night raw for a while now what are your thoughts on joey styles
0: i mean i've got credit for obviously the guy to obviously for doing basically commentary on himself but for me personally it was good but i felt like his voice kind of got on my nerves that's just obviously my personal opinion but to do it obviously on your own i mean you're talking that's really a big deal because you've got you've got to do everything call the matches you ain't got somebody to like play off you are doing it solely all the same yourself
1: oh yeah and some of the joey styles isms over the years oh my god you know like yeah i mean he just is in the lexicon of the attitude era of commentators for sure um joe graham says joey styles is amazing because he soloed everything yeah i mean it, being the guy solo to call all those early shows was just amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean, he did have a higher pitch voice. He didn't have the warm richness of Gordon Solie or Jim Ross, but, um, I think other than that, I think the technical way that he called matches, I thought was really good. I thought he was really good at telling a story. I love whenever on Monday night raw, he, uh, uh, had that shoot that work shoot promo about sports entertainment and wrestling. Uh, whenever uh, he was getting bullied on screen by Jerry Lawler, like I thought that was a great moment, and I mean that was probably one of my favorite kind of work shoot style promos ever was that Joey Styles promo. Do you remember that?
0: I uh, vaguely I do. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Where he called out sports entertainment and and called it BS, and uh, you know he ended up of course coming back later and being ECW's play by play guy when be revived that for a bit, but uh, yeah. Joey Styles. So, we'll go ahead and move on here. We're sticking with play-by-play, guys. Um, this next one here, this was the play-by-play guy through the golden era of WWE. And, and everybody's going to know who this guy is if you've uh, been a fan for longer than a couple decades. It's uh, this guy right here. Will you stop? <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> yes. Now, Liam... I, I know you have to have some familiarity with Gorilla Monsoon. What do you think about Gorilla Monsoon?
0: I used to love the way you used to tell like, you know, certain things. Like the one which sticks out for me is, would you look at the size of that man or something along them lines? <laughs> 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 it was the tony way he said it. It was really, really brilliant. And there's there's so many, but that one particularly just sticks out, you know, like so fun for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gorilla Monsoon is Kind of different from the other play-by-play guys here in the sense of that he's not really like a traditional broadcaster. He's a guy who himself was a former wrestler. Um, He was a big badass guy. He was uh, Vince McMahon's senior enforcer. Like the guy who like enforced things backstage was Gorilla Monsoon because apparently the guy was a monster. He was a huge guy. He was very physically intimidating. And there's a funny story about how when Vince McMahon Jr. was going to meet with the N.W.A., like the actual committee of the N.W.A. to say that he was going to break apart from them,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, he was scared that like one of them might legitimately try to kill him. And apparently that was discussed, <laughs> according to what uh, Jim Ross heard on the bathroom. Like they literally talked about possibly killing Vince McMahon. Um, Vince took Gorilla Monsoon with him to be his personal bodyguard and protector. <laughs> so that, like, if anybody tried anything, gorilla monsoon was there to handle the situation. That's how much of a badass this man was. But once he retired from being a professional wrestler, uh, he eventually transitioned to this commentary role, and like he was the golden era w w e commentator, and um, he was different in the sense of that he wasn't like a technical broadcaster, so he wasn't like a Gordon Soli. But he really hyped up the entertainment aspect of what you saw on the screen. Um, So, you know, the WWE commentary style is, is more simplistic and more entertainment based, as we'll, you know, discuss here. And he did a great job of just telling the story of what was on the screen. And, you know, like you said, you know, he's a big guy, you know, like he would say these simple things, but it was like relevant to what we were seeing on the screen and putting over the talent on the screen and telling the story and his work with Heenan and his work with, with uh, Jesse Ventura, you know, both of which we'll discuss later um, was brilliant. And I love Gorilla Monsoon's commentary. It's a very different style than say Gordon Sully, but I would say it's equally as good. Does that make sense? That does. Yes. Yeah. So, We'll move on here to the next one. And, um, this guy, I don't know if he would appear on a lot of people's lists, but he's going to appear on mine because he, I'm a huge fan of this guy. And that is Mamma Mia, Mauro Ranallo. I love Mauro Ronaldo. I've been a big fan of him as a broadcaster throughout his MMA career. Uh, he calls Showtime Boxing. He did, um, uh, Glory kickboxing. I mean, this guy has literally done everything there is to do in the world of fight sports commentary. Now, Liam, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Maro Ronaldo?
0: I know some of his work, but I don't obviously know it all. I didn't obviously did know he did the MMA stuff, but I, mean, I thought, from looking at obviously the list we've discussed, would you say he's underrated?
1: Absolutely. I mean, Mauro's voice is amazing. Um, he's so good off the cuff and he comes up with all these pop culture, you know, puns (laughs) that he could just slide into matches just at will without even thinking about it. Um, which, I mean, obviously he has a mental condition. He has bipolar disorder and I think he's got some other stuff, but like his mental acumen for just coming up with things on the spot is just second to none and yeah he he was the lead play-by-play guy for pride fighting championship for many many years um so all the old classic japanese mma fights uh from like the the early 2000s and then through the mid 2000s they were all called by Mauro Ronalo. and like i just love the way that he called matches his energy his enthusiasm uh he was the lead play-by-play guy for nxt for years and I mean, the crowd would chant Mamma Mia, because that was something he would say during big spots. Absolutely brilliant broadcaster. And he got his start in professional wrestling because he came up with the hearts. Like he used to live with the hearts. He dated Natty Nightheart's sister, and um, he was trained to be a wrestling manager and eventually became a broadcaster. But he came up with the hearts and Stampede Wrestling. Um. Wow. And use that experience to get a job in pride fighting championships as a commentator. And, um, yeah, I mean, this guy, he called McGregor Mayweather, you know, arguably the biggest boxing fight ever in history, uh, from a money perspective. Um, this guy's done it all. I mean, this guy does not get enough respect in the professional wrestling world, in my opinion. And Joe Graham says, Maro comes off as a fan first and foremost with the knowledge of an expert. Absolutely. Love the guy. Um, I wish that his tenure had ended differently in pro wrestling, and I'd love to see him come back at some point. I kind of don't think he will. Um, He's so revered in MMA and boxing, and he was actually treated with respect there. So I don't think he'll come back to wrestling. But do you have any closing thoughts about Mauro?
0: I mean, I'd love to see him obviously come back to wrestling because I feel like wrestling's commentary at the moment is not as good as it was. You know what I mean? I feel like he could elevate it a little bit, but if he's, it, you think the knee on the head, it boils down to respect. Will obviously like WWE respect him in a way? I don't think they would based on certain things, but
1: I think yeah. there were people that were jealous of him, quite frankly. I really do. I mean because the 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 guy had such a pedigree coming into WWE. And you know, when JBL was kind of like bullying him and talking shit about, it, it's like, shut up. <laughs> like, like like you're not a pimple on Morrow's ass. Like he's so Such a better commentator than you are. It's like this guy is called the biggest fights on earth, and you're like, Well, he needs to come in here and be more humble. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Like, they it's just ridiculous. Like, he should have been treated with more reverence and respect in pro wrestling, in my opinion.
0: 1000%. I agree that totally. All
1: right, so now we're gonna flip over to the other side. We talked about play by play, guys now we're going to talk about our list of color commentators and um this first guy that we're going to talk about is probably the one that's arguably the most well known to younger fans especially that's good old jerry the king lawler liam wax poetic here about the king jerry lawler
0: i mean when you're thinking color commentator, jr uh, JR, i keep saying jr for some reason (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) but (laughs) uh jerry lawler for me is absolutely up there i mean one of my favorite commentary he ever did was the and you spoke about before your favorite match jeff hardy versus the undertaker the ladder match that commentary for me was obviously jr as well was absolutely terrific because jr's like go 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 for it kid and jr's like get up undertaker <laughs> Just so brilliant
1: jerry lawler was the perfect heel commentator to work alongside jim ross um, And I know JR had worked with other heel commentators too, but Lawler was the absolute best because where JR was so deadpan serious, Jerry Lawler kind of brought a little comic relief and flair to uh, the commentary. And um, I just, I love his work. It, it him and Jim Ross just, like the Attitude Era just would not have been the same if those two men hadn't been calling Raw every single week. I mean, it was just... The calls were brilliant. His story, <laughs> the way that he would put over the heels was brilliant. And he he brought a little comedic uh, commentary into the mix. And uh, just hearing him banter with Jim Ross during the Attitude Era about McMahon and Stone Cold. It's just brilliant stuff, man. Like, it's just something that's never going to be replicated. Now, a lot of what Jerry Lawler would say on commentary is not going to fly today. Well, let's just be honest here
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: i mean him ogling over the bodies of the women involved and everything like that's just not gonna go today that's not not that wouldn't fly today i don't think jerry lawler and his prime um would be suitable in 2023 but for that particular period of time i think he was amazing at what he did what 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 do you think about that
0: Oh, absolutely. And I feel like you've just seen on and head there. I feel like they worked so well together. I think like they made both each, each of them better. I mean, again, there's so many Jerry Lawler like you know commentary things that he did. It's absolutely terrific. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I can see why he's number one, obviously, on the color side. Absolutely terrific. And I don't think anybody's going to get to that level because he was just so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, in my personal ranking, I don't have him number one be clear but uh you know he he's he's up there he's definitely one of the greatest of all time so moving on uh we're gonna get a little more golden era here and uh there, there's two wwe color commentators um during the so-called golden era uh from the 80s and into the 90s and this is the first one and it is good old governor jesse the body ventura former governor of the state of Minnesota. Liam, and this might be a little before your time too, but what what do you have any thoughts on Jesse Ventura as a color commentator?
0: I thought it was absolutely terrific. Obviously, I didn't watch wrestling at the time, but I have gone back and obviously watched some of his stuff. And I mean, the, the, before I came on the air, the one thing I was watching is a match, and I don't remember the match. I just remember him and Vince going like, talking about with nose and something like that, saying, what's the wrong with size of my nose? It's just so random, so <laughs> great, and yeah. <laughs> absolutely so entertaining
1: hearing him banter and defend the actions of the heels on screen to um you know he worked with vince mcmahon part of the time and then he worked with gorilla monsoon uh, a large chunk of the time too it was just great i mean it's just (laughs) the way that he would just deadpan defend the heels uh was just so well I think the referee had a slow count there. Why didn't the referee count? Is there something wrong with him? Does he have some kind of mental issue? You know, like just the way, like it was just awesome. The the entertainment aspect of Jesse Ventura's commentary and the way that he would put over the heels and he just always had something witty to say. And it, it was just awesome. Like him and Gorilla Monsoon, it just, those early like well late 80s wwe events just wouldn't have been the same if those two men hadn't been calling it and um you know obviously he had a dispute with vince mcmahon over money and royalties um he he wanted uh royalties additional royalties for being on the early coliseum video tapes which were the vhs tapes that the wwe released back in like the early 90s and um, it caused a dissension where he ended up leaving WWE and he went to WCW for a cup of coffee and, um, you know, worked some shows with Jim Ross, actually, in early WCW. And, uh, you know, he did a pretty good job with that, too, but I think he didn't go along with Eric Bischoff too well. And he eventually fizzled out and disappeared from wrestling entirely, which is a shame uh-huh. because he brought such value to professional wrestling. I, I wish he would have stuck around, but, uh, you know, it just didn't happen. So he was kind of had a brief run as a commentator. I mean, he was a wrestler too. I honestly, I can't recall ever watching a Jesse Ventura wrestling match, so I can't really comment on him as a wrestler, but I loved him as a commentator.
0: Can you imagine him obviously in the commentary like teams today? Just imagine that.
1: Oh, I could. I mean, he's he's such a good talker and he's still witty. I mean, he's you know, he's kind of batshit crazy with some of his political views, but he's still a damn good talker. And um you know, I I think if you plucked him in there today, I think he could still do a decent job.
0: One thousand percent. I love this list because, we've, as we mentioned before, we've got a nice range, obviously from like legends to like even the modern day crop.
1: Yeah, and, and this next guy we're going to talk about you could still see every single week on AEW television, and that is Taz. Now, Taz, Taz has got that brash New Yorker style of of, of talking he's so he's got the gregariousness of the typical new yorker which um you know as those of us here in america know um new yorkers like to talk (laughs) (laughs) and he's a prime example of that he's a very good talker he always has something good to say um he's good at kind of explaining the technicalities of what's going on in the ring The fact that he has like a legitimate background as a martial artist uh, being a black belt in judo, like he throws out a lot of names of uh, like judo throws and and things of that nature. Um, Really well versed in submission moves. He can kind of break down the technicalities of that. I've always enjoyed Taz's commentary. I think he's kind of a perfect mixture of breaking down the technical styles of what's going on and the yuck it up sports entertainment style uh, because he, he, he cut his teeth as a commentator, being a SmackDown commentator. That's yep. what he started doing. I and, remember, he did uh, Yeah, yeah. He he did commentary on SmackDown. Eventually, became a commentator for TNA. It was color commentator for them for many years. And um, now, of course, he's a color commentator in AEW. So I mean, he's got a a wide range of uh, organizations that he's worked for doing this role. And I, I always thought he was very good at it. What What are your thoughts on Taz? As a color commentator, I
0: would go as far as saying I think he's one of the best. Obviously, today I mean you mentioned it there when you're talking the technical side of wrestling, which we know as fans, a lot of fans like that, and for him to break it down, going, "Oh, okay, this is what this type like, move called." Because I've watched like some wrestling shows, going, "Okay, what's that move?" And then like you get somebody like Taz going, "Oh, it's a cross armbar, whatever, whatever." I'm thinking, yeah. "Yeah," I mean, I always remember obviously the his SmackDown days when he obviously came out, and I'm like okay, let's see where this goes, because I remember him obviously, as a wrestler, and to see him, obviously, transition obviously into commentary, I'm like, wow, do you know what I mean? Because it, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, and, and apparently Vince, Vince McMahon, thought that he was too small to be, like, a top-tier wrestler, like he was in ECW. He was a badass in ECW. Um, if you made a Mount Rushmore of ECW wrestlers, Taz would probably be on it um he was like the badass top babyface world champion and he was great but when he came to wwe you know it, vince didn't see him as a star uh but he thought he was a good talker so then the idea came along of him doing commentary being the uh, the smackdown color commentator and uh he just really flourished at that role and did a great job and um You know like we said he's still doing it today and i still think he's good at it um i mean i i would take him over any of the other active color commentators if i'm being honest (laughs) like i I would take him over you know booker t or corey graves or any of those but what about you
0: Uh, see when corey graves obviously started out as commentary i did kind of like his stuff but i feel like at the minute it's got very stale let's be honest
1: I don't think Corey Graves sucks or anything. I think he's good. Um, I just don't think he's as good as anybody we have on this list. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I, I agree that totally. But like I said, even though there's names we've not mentioned, this is not like a knock on obviously these people. It's just what we obviously think. Do you know what I
1: mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, and this is just a personal preference list here, too. Like this isn't like I'm saying, you know, I'm saying these are my favorites. These are the best to me but you know, everybody has their own feelings and particularly the NWA, WCW style of commentary versus the WWE style of commentary is night and day. It's completely different. Not saying one's better than the other, but the non-WWE style of commentary is the more technical, you know, let's call what's going on, you know, move by move and break it down for the viewer and all that. Whereas, WWE is a lot more of a what a maneuver type, you know. Let let's let's talk up the characters and the story because that matters more than the holds being presented in the ring. So it's just two very different styles. One not necessarily better than the other, but uh, you know, and and if you go back and watch a classic WrestleMania and then watch a classic Starcade and put the commentary side by side, you're gonna know immediately what I'm talking about
0: yeah i think that's a fair little comment
1: now the next person that we have here as far as uh color commentators go in my opinion is the greatest color commentator of all time and if i had a color commentator to choose from my wrestling program in their prime it would be this guy right here bobby the brain heenan now liam what are your thoughts on the brain
0: I mean, he's not called The Brain for no reason, but I always liked his work with Gorilla Monsoon more than anything, because I felt like he'd wind Gorilla up so much, and I feel like once a...
1: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. heard that a lot, directed towards the brain.
0: There you go, and I feel like that made it more entertaining, the fact that it would wind him up, and they just work so well together. I think that's the key thing, is we've talked about names like this, but the feet, like, I thought... Of... Just somebody else.
1: I absolutely love Bobby the Brain Heenan as a color commentator. Like his <laughs> like his one liners and like him kind of like making fun of the baby faces and defending the heels. I mean, just the absolute wittiest mind. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan could have been a stand up comedian, like a hundred percent, and probably would have been one of the best at it. Like he was just so good. And off the cuff, defending the heel, running down the baby face, always had something funny to say. Like he was just brilliant, and and him working with Gorilla Monsoon, that was just so funny. Like I mean, you could just listen to the commentary track and just be entertained and laugh your ass off, and not even watch the wrestling. Like they were that good together. Would you agree with that?
0: I one thousand percent agree with that, and I'm so happy you said that as well
1: yeah i mean like legitimately if you could just pull up just the commentary and listen to it and not even watch the wrestling you would be entertained that's how good those two were together and Uh, um you just don't see that kind of commentary today i'm sorry you just don't (laughs) i don't think you're ever going to again to be quite frank um but yeah what what can you say about heenan he he Wasn't as good in WCW, but I still enjoyed him in WCW too. I just know that his heart wasn't in WCW, so he didn't try as hard there. Um, But he was still funny. I mean, his kayfabe hatred of Hulk Hogan that carried over from WWE to WCW and the way that he acted after Hogan turned and went to the NWO, I told you, I told you all along not to trust this son of a bitch. And look, you know, like he's just, always all along through all the 80s and everything tried to tell you who Hulk Hogan really was and nobody would listen to the brain I just thought that was brilliant
0: absolutely absolutely so this next one on the list I'm just going to clarify this out of the whole list this is the only the one I'm not 100% familiar with
1: yeah this one's kind of a this is just a personal preference one for me um because I really like the work that this guy did And, uh, you know, he's got a lot of current, he's made news here lately because he's got a lot of current health problems. Um, He's a sufferer of ALS and uh, probably not going to be around much longer, unfortunately. But this guy was a beast back in the day and he was a hell of a talker. And that is Steve Mongo McMichael. Now, this is the one that some people might be like, why'd you put him on this list? But I'm telling you, Mongo had a way of telling a story. Uh, that was just great, and if he did a lot of color commentary on Monday Nitro, like that's what he was on. So, if you go back and watch Monday Nitro from like 1998, um, you're gonna hear Mongo McMichael 98, 99 ish, uh, because he was a wrestler, you know, he was a member of the Full Horseman, um, he was a former professional football player here in America, American football, he was in the NFL, um, he was a legendary uh, Chicago Bears football player um but he ended up joining WCW was not a very good wrestler to be frank um but he could talk he could talk his ass off he was so charismatic and when they put him on doing color commentary and and on Monday Nitro in WCW i thought he did a fantastic job it was usually him Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone. Sometimes uh, Larry Zabisco was thrown in there. Sometimes Mike Taney. I mean, WCW kind of had a carousel of commentators during those years, but I always liked and appreciated Mongo's commentary. And I think if you went back and listened to some of those early Monday Nitros, I think you would agree with me on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this was only the one I wasn't familiar with. I will obviously go back and look at it because, again, obviously, I always like to learn, but wow that's a good little range of lists there let's be honest
1: yeah absolutely i mean and and i think as far as color commentators go i i I think this is in my opinion these are the best of the best um and i know there's many others too Corey gray's booker t etc uh we've we've got one on here that you added to the list that we're going to talk about um but to me these are the guys that i would pick in their prime if i ran a wrestling promotion and i could pluck any of these guys in their prime it would be one of these guys
0: absolutely absolutely so yeah obviously most of this was obviously your list the reason we obviously we went with this is because i fully agree with obviously most of them so i added obviously two of my own and yeah just pretty much same thing so the first one obviously i've got is it's it's kevin kelly now the mm. reason obviously i put this guy on the list is i love his ring of honor work mm. plus we put a t- tweet out obviously and fans said kevin kelly's probably up there there's the best today i mean what's your thoughts with kevin
1: yeah i really like kevin kelly a lot um you know kevin kelly got a start in the wwe mm-hmm. and uh he was the lead play-by-play guy for a program called sunday night heat i don't know if you remember that or not it was kind of a a short-lived attitude era wrestling program but he was the lead play-by-play guy on that and that's where i first saw kevin kelly in wwe and um you know, he always did a good job um and eventually he just kind of fizzled out of wwe he was always kind of back to to jim ross and then michael cole i think you know them kind of endorsing michael cole behind jim ross kind of is what pushed kevin kelly out the door in wwe um he disappeared for a while like nobody saw or heard anything from kevin kelly until he ended up getting hired by ring of honor and he was the voice of Ring of Honor for many years. And uh, he did a great job. Um, eventually moving on from Ring of Honor and becoming the English language voice of New Japan. Whenever New Japan started to do English language commentary um, around the time that they created New Japan World, which was, I think was about 2014, 2015 was a, around when uh, Kevin Kelly joined New Japan. And I thought he always did a great job there. Like he. He, he had the base level knowledge of, uh, Japanese wrestling. And you could tell that he knew enough about Japanese culture and the history of Japanese wrestling that he was able to call the matches and, and tell a story, uh, to people that don't speak Japanese. And I think he did an amazing job of that. Um, so Kevin Kelly is definitely, he's worthy of being on the list. He wasn't on my personal list, but he's Mm -hmm. worthy of it. Um, I don't think he has the best voice for commentary, but he's definitely got the knowledge. He's got the technical acumen and the experience to call what's going on in the ring. So I think it's a good pick. I like Kevin Kelly.
0: Absolutely. And this other one is and I'll obviously explain why. And it's basically his his co-host from obviously Collision. It's, of course, Nigel McGuinness. Now, there's a story obviously with this, and this is why I added him onto the list. Is do you remember TNA Explosion? (laughs)
1: <laughs> i remember it i don't i don't remember watching it very often but i remember it
0: so at the time obviously i was watching a lot of tna and i always remember uh, well he was under desmond wolf at the time yeah and he, he was on commentary for tna explosion and i remember listening to his work going wow this guy's absolutely great and i remember saying it to to myself going, this guy's gonna go far and we've seen it we've also gone on to nxt he's obviously in AEW now it's for me, I feel like he's probably underrated, but I just love the story of seeing him grow from TNA Explosion, which I think was 2008 or 9. That could be wrong about that, but I, I just remember saying to myself, this guy is going to go really, really far. And I feel like he has.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, TNA Explosion was kind of like the, um, I don't know what you would call it, like kind of like what Stars. Rampage is to AEW, it's kind of like what Explosion was to TNA or like Dota V Superstars. It was like their show where they kind of just, you know, had secondary talent, just worked matches just to get them on TV, basically. Um, but yeah, Nigel McGuinness is, uh, I think he's a great commentator. He really is. He, he's good at kind of explaining the technicalities of what's going on in the ring. Um, he Here lately, he's kind of adopted the, uh, the heel persona. But, uh, you know, Joe Graham says here in the comments, Nigel in the NXT UK tournament was fantastic with Cole. Yeah. I mean, if you get him just strictly talking about the technicalities of what's going on in the ring, he's great at that because he's a good talker. And, uh, yeah, he was Desmond Wolf in TNA for some reason. I don't know why they wouldn't just let him be Nigel McGinnis, but, <laughs> um, but I was glad he was Nigel McGinnis again once he went back and started working in NXT. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's got a good voice. He's, he's, um, Good at calling what's going on in the ring. He's kind of doing the heel thing now. Uh, You know, I know You know, we we had a laugh over my uh, impression of him a couple weeks ago of of MJF being the devil. I think this proves that the devil is MJF. (laughs) I I thought that was hilarious. You do
0: know I'm going to get a soundboard of that now, don't you?
1: (laughs) Go ahead, man. (laughs) By all means, get a sound of that and run it back. But uh, I like Nigel. Yeah, I like him.
0: There you go. I mean, that's an amazing razor list. I mean, have you got a top three? Let's obviously, well, were you? So, based on our list, give you obviously a top three. It doesn't matter if it's color or play-by-play.
1: Okay, so if I was putting together a dream team mm-hmm. of commentary, a three-man booth. Let's look at it like this, okay? A three-man booth. So you're probably going to have one play-by-play and uh, yep. two color so mine would be jim ross doing play by play and then the color guys would be bobby the brain heenan and uh jesse ventura interesting i'd like to hear that
0: (laughs) that would be actually really interesting yeah i'm kind of in agreement with that obviously jim ross for me would actually be number one without a shadow of a doubt I mean, when, you, when you're talking play-by-play, play, you could absolutely have anybody there. Jesse would probably be great. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing It's Jesse and Bobby, obviously with Jim. I feel like it would be so entertaining.
1: I mean, that's two heels and a baby face, you know, technically. But uh, I, I think they'd be great together. I really do. I, I, I think that if those three in their prime had been able to call matches together, I think they would have been absolutely brilliant.
0: Absolutely. I just want to mention one thing. Can you show the Joe Graham comment? It's a special mention one.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Ian Riccoboni. I love Ian Riccoboni. I think he's great. Um, You know, Ring of Honor, lead play-by-play guy, kind of fills in for Kevin Kelly some in AEW. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Ian Riccoboni. I like his voice. Um, Sounds very punchy when he's calling the action, and uh, he's got a great enthusiasm for the product, and he's good at calling the moves. I'm, I'm a fan of him. What do you think about Ian?
0: I think he's underrated, I will be honest.
1: Yeah, I, feel I, hope like everybody, in. Yeah.
0: I think everybody talks about obviously Michael Calls, your booker T, your Corey Graves, your Excalibur's and stuff like that. And I feel like it just gets basically not the love he deserves, let's be honest.
1: I would take Ian Rickabani over Excalibur.
0: Really? Okay. I would.
1: Absolutely, I would. And I mean, you know, Excalibur's good, but I don't think he's great. I think he and Rick better broadcaster than he is. I would take him over Excalibur.
0: Wow, there you go, and that's a, that's a little amazing thing to get on, guys. That's our show. We've talked about what was it about twelve commentators?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got twelve.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, wow. I mean, it's been a fun show. Enjoy this,
1: absolutely, man. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm a nerd for like broadcasting and radio, and you know, I just so breaking down the technicalities of these guys um that's just a lot of it was a lot of fun for me yeah and i went back and kind of watched some old matches and everything just to kind of refresh myself on some of these um older commentators and uh yeah this was a good one i had a lot of fun
0: there you go there you go so hey uh, what we got oh, for the rest of the week is collision back tonight
1: uh no collision aired last night um okay. it has full gears tonight so
0: Okay.
1: There was not collision. We're not going to do collision after dark. We're not doing a full gear wrap up show or anything like that. But I believe tomorrow uh, on the All F and Wrestling show um, at 1 30 on Sunday, we're, we're going to do a review of full gear. And uh, I may or may not be on that. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I may be on that reviewing full gear tomorrow.
0: Okay. Okay. Awesome. So if you guys love us and want to follow us on social media, you can head to fnwrestling.com. All our social media's on there. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitch. As always, Mr. X, we're absolutely everywhere.
1: You can find us anywhere, man. You could probably find us digging through the garbage can like a raccoon trying to get your leftover McDonald's cheeseburger.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> if you guys want to.
1: We're everywhere, is what I'm saying.
0: Okay. Everywhere. If you guys want a t shirt, you can head to prowrestlingteas.com forward slash wrestling. You can get the Magic of Wrestling t shirt, which I've actually ordered.
1: And I've got it, too. Yeah.
0: There you go. Or you can get the Olive from Richel shirt, which is modeled by the lovely Natalia Markova. Mr. Isaacs, you know the deal now. Tell me what about the old school.
1: If you like old school wrestling, and I know you do, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Adrian Adonis. The adorable Adrian Adonis. We run his Pro Wrestling Tees shop. He has been on a recent episode of the Vice documentary series Dark Side of the Ring. Go get a T-shirt of the adorable Adrian Adonis.
0: Of course, the magic of wrestling is obviously back next week as we look at wrestlers' last matches. Let's just clarify this with going on matches which they've had, because we see the wrestlers coming back all the time. We're going basis on their last ever match, which has been documented. So I think we need to pick some like wrestlers' last last matches. That's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, and there's probably going to be a good good mixture of like what the hell were they thinking? They shouldn't have got in there. To this was a fantastic close to a, a storybook career. <laughs> the actually
0: surprising one for me because I've already done some research on this is Scott Hall's last match.
1: Yeah, and I think we talked about that, but uh, we will hold that conversation for next week. But uh, yes, we've we've got some interesting ones that uh, some people might not even know about.
0: Of course, so Mister Isaacs, uh, you you're absolutely the expert at this. See everybody to out to the outro.
1: Yeah, so we like to remind everybody every week that, uh, you know, we've all got things going on in our lives, both positive and negative. We're entering into the winter. Uh, Winter brings seasonal depression. This is an actual thing that, uh, you know, you can read uh, psychologists talk about. Um, And it's going to hit a lot of us hard. It's already been kind of seeping into my brain a little bit, but here's what you got to do. You've got to find ways to mitigate this issue. Whether it's eating better, whether it's working out, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's talking to friends, uh, watching professional wrestling, find something that you enjoy doing to take your mind off of the mundane things that weigh down your brain on a day-to-day basis. Whether it's relationship problems or money problems or family problems, health problems, anything, all the above, any of the above, you've got to find a way to fight back. And we've got your back here at F and Wrestling. Liam believes in you. I believe in you. We all believe in you. You just got to put your fists in there. Just keep fighting.